So can I talk like uh, Alex Jones and be like, yo, what's up? Or is that that's kind of a macho man, isn't <laughs> Don't it? Don't even talk. <laughs> yo, turn, the freaking, turn the freaking frogs gay. Yeah, Do you understand frogs. that? I actually the don't understand that. Uh, welcome to the Jump Crouch Games of the Generation, I think part one. We're probably going to split one. this out over two episodes. Where we're going to talk about all of the games that came out over the previous generation that we really liked, that we thought were important, that, uh, that we want to go to bat for. So instead of doing just like a top five or a top ten, we're going to do something a little more expansive and kind of give give everything that was that was you know high quality a moment to shine. Um, part of my thinking for this is how triggered I get when I read these top five lists. Like it just, I just get like a little fanboy child. Every time I see a list that's got like God of War is the game of the generation, that is yeah. like calling like the Mall of America like the prime location to visit in the United States. It's like, if you want to visit the United <laughs> States, go to the Mall of America. That's the best place to go. Like, I think Game of, uh, game of Thrones, uh, God of War is is good. I liked it. It's a good game, but like. I, it triggers me. It's like, do you people play video games? Yeah. I mean, I couldn't agree more as someone who didn't like the game, so. I didn't even not like it. I just thought it was, like, very derivative. Like, it's a very highly polished derivative game. It's like, I've seen everything in that game somewhere else a little bit better, except for the graphics. Yeah, it, it's the kind of game where everything is done well, but nothing is done exceptionally. The combat is good. The story is good. Everything is good. The graphics good, are exceptional. The graphics are good, but... Uh, there's something less than the sum of its parts about it that I can't put my finger on, but that's how. So I now that it. we've alienated the audience with my fanboyism, <laughs> um, <laughs> let's get into it. Let's let's talk about the games of the generation, starting with, and we're going to do this by year. So the first year that we're counting in this generation is 2013, and we only have one game here, which I think came out on consoles in like 2018, maybe. Like much later, but came out on PC in 2013, and that is Daisy, which I think is a good place to start because it kind of laid the ground for a lot of the sort of things that we would see throughout like the generation. Sort Fortnite. of, yeah, like open world games PUBG. with scavenging and survival mechanics. Obviously, that stuff came from Minecraft too. Mm-hmm. Definitely, but uh, I, I, yeah, I think that's a that's a good, definitely a good like Breath of the Wild. Yeah, you know, survival elements. A lot, a lot of those big, the big games that people liked that weren't DayZ mm-hmm. did have a lot of those things. I, you know, so, I had fun with DayZ though. Mm-hmm. Like we had a good story. We have a video of Aaron playing and me playing. And uh, right when I go into go, we're talking about some train or something, and I immediately right. get blasted by some guy from under the stairs. And then uh, Aaron goes to shoot up, and he has like the worst aim ever, and gets killed. I'm not saying you have yeah. bad aim in general, but Daisy is a very hard to aim game because it just is very laggy, and the game it was, was laggy, and the frame rate was like literally like 18 frames per second. Yeah, so I it was, was like, like I shot like to the right of him, to the left of him. It was pretty bad. Daisy's the, the only guy game on this us. list. What? He kills us, and he says the famous line, "That's what you get, betch." Betch. Which yeah. we, I still yeah. say now. I still say that the people when I defeat them now because it's just such yeah. a good catchphrase. That's what you get. Betch, the twelve-year-old like that trolled us coined a term. Uh, it it's the good only moment. game on this list I wouldn't go to bat for as saying you should play it. Every other game on this list I would say you should check out, you should play. This game I think is most notable <laughs> for how it influenced other games, namely PUBG and other, just a yeah. lot of stuff. I agree. I'm with yeah. you on there. Uh, all right. Moving along, because we, we, there's, there's like 60 games on this list or something, so we, have, we, we cannot spend that much time. Alien Isolation, starting into two, th- 2014. Alien Isolation I think is like low-key the most underrated game of the generation i think it is a masterpiece and every time people don't describe it as as a masterpiece i'm a little bit hurt my inner fanboy comes out (laughs) (laughs) i haven't played it i'm sorry i'm sorry aaron i played it sorry i feel like my my take on it is they built on what amnesia did well and applied that to a sci-fi setting with some systems in place a little bit of like the immersive sim kind of deal a little bit of that npcs kind of fight each other and all that fun stuff and it's like the most tense horror, one of the most tense horror experiences that I've ever played, for sure. I actually haven't beat it for no good reason. But mm. I mean, just the alien so smart. It's just, that's an, also how alien that game is. Like how accurate it is to alien. Like you really feel like you're in oh, the yeah. alien no, movie, the, more the, than anything I've ever seen. The presentation is immaculate. The thing I like about it more than anything else is that I've always had the feeling in stealth games where you're basically just like this god who depopulates levels. And then you have these empty levels you can just kind of jump around. And it's like, like you know, I do that in Dishonored. I do that in Hitman. 
in alien isolation, you cannot depopulate the level. Like you, you basically, it's a stealth game where you can't get caught or if you get caught, you're fucking dead. So you have to actually really hide. So it gives it a level of, uh, just kind of terror and, and like tension. That's just not really that common in stealth games. And uh, I love it. It's, I think it's, it's, it would be on my top, maybe my top five, definitely my top 10. If, if there were such a thing, which there isn't, uh, moving along Bayonetta two, which, uh, what the hell is that? That's mine. Um, that's a sequel to obviously the first Bayonetta. I think it's actually probably better than the first game in every way. It might be my favorite spectacle fighter of all time. Maybe, I don't know. Big, big, big words. I know, but I think it's like the combat is masterclass. Uh, it's like just every, it's really, it has, it has like a very funny tone. It's a very, not, not super serious game. It's kind of a little wacky. I think like it does that not serious much better than devil may cry, which I don't like the tone of devil may cry. I don't know if you guys. I'm, I don't hate it, but it, like I just don't think it's as. I don't know. Or did you? Did you did I, I you mean, I, I like DMC Five. I, I didn't pick it for uh, this list, but I liked it. But yeah, Bayonetta Two takes it to another level with the the silliness. Yeah. It's and the ridiculous. thing that Bayonetta Two taught me, and it really cemented in my head, was dodging enemies' attacks is as fun as shooting them. I've already known that. I played Doom. I played a Dark. I played a lot of fun games that do right. that kind of stuff. But Bayonetta like made me consciously think about it. So yeah. Um, yeah, I also I would, just I'd like. I also like the sexual innuendo in that game. It's not even really innuendo. It's just so in your face. It's hilarious. Yeah, I love it. It's definitely amusing. It's done <laughs> it's in a very comedic way. Uh, I I'd like to play it. It's only on Wii U and Switch. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. Uh, next on the list, but the Binding of Isaac Rebirth. Uh, I think I'm the only one who's played this game a lot. Did you play this game a lot, Orin? I did not. No. I should have. Yeah, it, it's. I think it's. It's one of the great modern roguelites. Uh, I guess roguelite because it's not it doesn't have a progression. Um, it's funny. I went to elementary school with uh, Edmund McMillan, who made this game. So like, I found out that he was making video games, and it was like, oh, this makes a lot of sense based off the guy I went to elementary school with. Um, but it's it's just a really fun, uh, you know, roguelite. It's it's. I played it. Used to play it every day for probably about a year. It's kind of just like a 45-minute, hour-long session. Um, I'm at the point now where I can kind of sit down and just beat it at, at will. So it's, it's, it's a game where you just get better and better and have a lot of fun. But I think it's it's still one of the best of that genre. Like, not I don't an think easy game either. improved on it greatly. What? Not an easy game either. No, but it's once you know what you're doing, it definitely becomes a lot easier. It's one of those games like once you know a few tricks, you're like, ah, now I, can, I, I, I right, will do a lot right. better. Mm-hmm. So moving on, we're just we're getting right through it, guys. Yeah, we're just oh. plowing through it. Dark Souls two? Huh? Why is that's that? Definitely mine. <laughs> that's definitely mine. What? Definitely mine. Technically, Dark Souls two is a last gen game because it was on the seventh gen consoles. But really, I consider it to be a cross gen game because Call of the First Sin came out a year later, and I don't know. It is to me. It came out in this in this window of time. Um, so when I played the first Dark Souls, I was playing it on PC. Loved it, obviously, my favorite game. Um, and uh, I remember trying to play the co-op with my brother, Aaron, here, and another friend of mine, and we could never, ever get it to work. <laughs> ever. Like, we got it to work maybe once or twice, right? <laughs> uh, and I remember playing Dark Souls 2, and it worked, like, immediately. With and the it rings, was like, right? It was the first time that I really got to play a Dark Souls game with my friends, and that was an amazing experience. Uh, I remember having a lot of kind of disdain for the game initially, and then it kind of grew on me more because it did feel like it wasn't right to what I thought Dark Souls was. But eh, it's a great game. Yeah, uh, I, I, it's it's grown on me a lot. Like I think initially the graphics were really funky. They fixed them mm-hmm. a bit. But it has like no shadows in the game, so everything looks really flat and kind of Nintendo sixty four ish, despite pretty decent texture work. Um, and it felt a little different. It did feel kind of like. B team Dark Souls, but like as I played it more, the PvP is probably some of the best in the entire series. Um, it's got some really cool areas to explore. It, it is a it is a pretty good game, and obviously the DLC is is legendary. Some people think that's some of the best Souls content ever made. Yeah, and it might have the most balanced PvP of all the Souls games. Yeah, the and I don't say that really lightly. <laughs> I gotta play it. I still haven't played it. <laughs> it's good in co op. So. And uh, all right, now we're moving into 2015, which is, I think, moving one of the first right years now. where you get these these heavy, heavy hitters. Uh, and another Souls game, Bloodborne, which if you look at Bloodborne and Dark Souls 2 side by side, they do feel like a generation 
different, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Even, even the scholar version, I think. Yeah. Uh, Oren, take this. Oh yeah. I mean, Bloodborne, this is a game I can definitely talk about for hours, but I will say this is the first souls game that I played. So I missed the souls one and souls two train. And I just fell in love with it. The amount, the amount of time I've probably spent as much time playing the game as I did just like reading about it and watching yeah, lore videos. Mm-hmm. Like seriously, there's so much in that game with the storytelling and the item descriptions and what everything means and uh, what the doll means. What in the uh, workshop? Um, I just fell in love with the lore, and I don't think there's ever been a game that's done that to me. Even other. Uh, from software games haven't evoked that for me like Sekiro like uh, Dark Souls 3 um, mm. Bloodborne's the one that I really fell in love with just that whole universe and atmosphere it's it's amazing I love it it's in my top three probably of all time it's competing for my favorite game mm. awesome I would awesome. I would agree with everything Oren said love 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 uh, Bloodborne I convinced a friend of mine to buy a PS4 and play that game and he's oh, yeah. played it more than me He's playing. No, he's a crackhead. He's playing like every day. I think in the seven hundred right? hour range, and you know who you are. Probably yeah, listening right now. He's probably listening. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, Bloodborne is a masterpiece. The is. last thing I'll say about Bloodborne is I really want to play it again, but I want them to unlock the frame rate on the PS5 Me version. So. Fix it. Yeah, yeah. I'll buy we a PS5 if they do that. Uh, that's the, that'll be the selling point. Um, all right, the next game might be a little contentious, and and I think we can have a little conversation here about about why it might be, but. Metal Gear Solid Five: The Phantom Pain took it's a, good. a slightly. It's it's good, but like there's like a. Here's how I feel about it. As so, somebody, I was just telling you guys earlier. Like I bought a PlayStation to play Metal Gear Solid. Like I've I've been on the Metal Gear Solid train for 22 years, I guess. Uh, for me, and, it felt like a natural evolution to Metal Gear, but I know a lot of people didn't feel like that, and I think the people who feel that way tend to be like more Metal Gear Solid Three. Hardcores, whereas I'm maybe more of a Metal Gear, Metal Gear Solid 2 fan. I don't Same. know. What do you guys think? Yeah, I mean, story wise, it's not my, it's probably my least favorite Metal Gear Solid story wise. It just doesn't feel like anything. It doesn't really move the story. It doesn't feel consequential in the way the first four games did, but as a stealth mm-hmm. action game, it's pretty phenomenal like you can't really Mm -hmm. beat it i can think of exactly one game that beats it and it's stealth mechanics which we'll talk about later Mm. yeah i think um when i look at Metal Gear Solid 5 i I see it as two 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 games that are one game ground zeros and phantom pain they're both i i think of ground zeros as the plant or excuse me the tanker chapter of Metal Gear solid 2 right and then phantom pain as the plant chapter and it it, that actually i think that analogy to me is a lot more meaningful like there's a lot of reasons for that i I say that um not just not just that but anyways um i i uh feel like that game was like i i it's one of my favorite games of all time if not my favorite stealth game i think uh maybe my game of the gen like if i had to pick one (laughs) i don't know um so I really liked all the story elements. I think the gameplay is like genius. Um, in terms of infiltration type tile gameplay, I don't think there's anything better. And like that kind mm. of gameplay where you have where enemies can see you and they are, you're immediately hostile to you. Um, or I think it's different than other games like Hitman, where it's more of a it's just different style. But anyways, um, yeah, I just I don't know. I would absolutely recommend it. I think if I didn't grow up with it, I might have different feelings. But I really feel like it was like intentionally designed as the last game to the series mm-hmm. like it was like a like a farewell to and thanks for thanks for being a fan and like mm-hmm. a lot of very like meta ways to it and i really appreciated that like i thought that was like mm. like amazing like i've never seen a game do that um still even death Stranding didn't do that so like i have to give my hats off to that game for that kind of thing uh so. one last thing i'll say about it is there really is nothing like calling in a chopper to the final count- countdown and it just starts mowing dudes down. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. It really, there's really nothing like it. Like that feeling that you get in that game. Yeah, definitely. So. Yeah. It's, it's definitely the game that most made me feel like a stealth tactical, you know, espionage actor. Um, but I, I guess if I had one nitpick is that like you get, you can d- always go hot. You can always just start shooting everybody and win. Right. Like I wanted, yeah. I wish it was slightly, I, I wish I, it was the Ground Zeroes style where you had to you had to procure weapon on site 
you had to like yeah. start with nothing because yeah. that makes yeah. the game very tense and difficult if you have you can't spawn him with your jeep and your tank and <laughs> you know, right uh, stuff. also d-dog come on d-dog yeah. d-dog he, is awesome he, he's he's my guy d-dog that yeah. game has so yeah. much character yeah all right uh well yeah mgs5 definitely one of the heavy hitters uh another heavy hitter the witcher 3 Oh, uh, I think we go. we've got one stand for that here. <laughs> I actually played The Witcher 3 for the first time this year, and I tried playing it like seven or eight times, and I could never get into it. But I think because of the pandemic and because I was bored and I was craving fantasy, I played The Witcher 3, and I had a blast. Uh, I think what separates The Witcher 3 from other games is the role-playing feels consequential in a way that most are the only other RPG I can think of with as consequential type storytelling is probably Mass Effect 2. Um, I never played mm-hmm. New Vegas though, I've heard New Vegas has that as well. Um, there's just this real, real feeling of you're participating in these stories and you're making decisions that don't have that aren't binary, they aren't like good or bad, and you see that impact as you play the game and uh also the game's dlc is fantastic the the they're just great horror stories uh blood and wine and heart of stone i thought they were actually better than the core game so that's the witcher 3 for you good stuff surprisingly because i didn't it took me a while to get into it mm. yeah i feel I bad t- that i haven't played it more because yeah i've had so many people tell me that this is like one of the best games i've ever played and like it's a very well loved game and i just haven't got into it for no good reason, it just doesn't seem to ever stick with me. I never, hmm. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's bad. I just, uh, I would, I would sell it to you in the sense of like you just need to feel in the mood to play it. Like you, you just have to be like, you know what? I want to disappear into a fantasy war- world for like eighty hours. To me, that's what motivated me. I was just really bored to, in March with the pandemic, and you just need that push, that little motivation and honestly cyberpunk might be like that with me like it might take me five times to get into it <laughs> so hmm. yeah true. yeah <clears throat> uh, i i'd love to play more of the the witcher 3 but i enjoyed the netflix series <laughs> like well there you go there you go i don't know i feel like i know <laughs> i know who the characters are now so i could probably get into it i've tried it a few times i think something about like the detective mode the Batman sort of te- detective mode yeah. quests kind of yeah. that stuff puts me off, but, but it seems like it's obviously like an incredible game. Um, uh, I, I actually will say one last thing about the Witcher three. I do think it's overrated, even though I do uh, love it. I, I, I think it's a great game, but I also know way too many people that see it as this Holy grail. And for me, it's probably in my top 20 of the generation. Like right. I love it, but I don't think it's this untouchable masterpiece it's like god of war it's it's got that same sort of mystique where it's like obviously this is an incredibly good game but like game of the generation is is like this is a big generation like a lot of games came out right Um, that's how i feel too yeah all right the witness is i i I talk a lot of shit about like games having puzzly mechanics where there's one solution and i think that that's usually not the best gameplay with the exception of a game like the witness which is just a straightforward puzzling game um Maybe not straightforward because it's an open world and there's lots of mysteries, but like it is a just a beautiful work of art, really. Like it like it's just you just explore this giant open world and you solve these puzzles that slowly unlock the island and um unravel mysteries. Uh what do you think about it, Orn? I gotta play it. I was actually oh. gonna play it like two months ago and I just never Didn't got it. Did you put this on the it. list? Who put this on the list? I did not. not me. Pl- I, I did Return no. of the Obra Dim, which we'll talk about in a Tell me this. Episode, is but- <laughs> it better than Steven's Sausage Roll? Because that game what? is awesome. Is it better than Steven's Sausage Roll? It's not like Steve. Well, okay. Steven's Sausage Roll is also awesome. Um, Steven's Sausage Roll is a straightforward puzzler where you just do puzzles. This game is an open world game. It's a first person game with like no HUD. <clears throat> where you go through and you kind of have to, you start of just naturally organically noticing that there are puzzles and then solving them. And as mm-hmm. you solve puzzles, it, it unlocks the world, but it's very nonlinear in that you can go in different directions. Like different directions have linear paths. Um, and obviously the puzzles have one solution, or at least mm-hmm. as, as well as you can tell, but um, it, it's, it's a game. I can't think of another game that's like it. 
and it, it manages to be, you know, narratively interesting. Um, it, it offers lots of exploration and just really intense puzzles that are require a lot of brain power. So it, it's, it's great. I really got to play it. I've been meaning to, but I just haven't. All right. Yakuza zero. I did not play this. Hell yeah. Yakuza <laughs> zero is great. I mean, like, uh, I, I, honestly for me, I wouldn't, only include Yakuza 0 for me it's also like Kiwami and Kiwami 2 like those three games together just tell an awesome story and I think I think what I love about the Yakuza games is uh just just how they handle tone like the 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 story the main story is told so so straight and so Mm -hmm. uh, and so dramatically but then like all the side stuff is just stupid bullshit like like you'll be uh in the main story for example you'll be um, you'll have this really heavy beat where like you're trying to save like a child who's about to be killed. And then when you'll do a side story where you're helping a dominatrix treat, m- treat her clients in a, in, in more uh, sadomasochist in an S and M sort of way. Right. And that's just like ridiculous. It's a great, mm-hmm. what do you, what do you think, Kevin? I, yeah, totally agree. I, I think it does. It does those two. I think like the story is that very high quality, like, you know, triple A kind of Netflix thing that you you want from those kind of games. It does it all through cutscenes, which I much prefer personally over the slow walking stuff. You'll know how I feel about that. Um, right. So I, I applaud it for that. I also want to mention this and that, and this on that topic. The second you start the game, you can immediately run forward. Hell yeah! Doesn't make you walk behind Nishiki. You can run. You can <clears throat> run immediately. Doesn't make you walk. You you have to follow him, but you can run. So, anyways, I have to just mention that because that's that's an important detail. Uh, hmm. I do think that the side missions are some of the funniest video game moments I've seen. Like they make me laugh out loud repeatedly. Um, right. Like there was really good writing. Like they have a very good comedy team who writes their side missions because they're really funny. Um, the combat's really fun. It's just a great game. I, I really I haven't beat Yakuza Zero yet. Um, it's also just a really great kind of a fun way just to like spend time in Japan. You know, you spend all this time in fantasy world. It's kind of cool to take place in a, a, a real setting. Again, it's yeah. kind of under. It's like a, a game that has wackiness, but it's still under the constraints of like a real world setting, which I really right. appreciate. Um, so yeah, I, it's it's awesome for sure. Yeah, the, it's honestly my one of my favorite things to do in the game is just kind of like fetishize being a yakuza gangster. Like, I'll go out. And I'll uh, go to the cabaret, do my thing, beat up some thugs, help a guy out. Like, I feel like a gangster in a way that's like I'm controlling Kamarocho, which is, I don't know. I love yeah. it. Yakuza Zero. Great game. Mm-hmm. Cool. All right. And the final entry for 2015 is Until Dawn, starring Mr. Robots Elliot. Um, it does. It's Josh. <laughs> yeah. um, I, I definitely put this on there. I don't know if you, Orn, did you play this game or no? I wish I did. Okay, um, interactive horror experience. Um, I think it's a really cool kind of. It's kind of like almost like an like I don't know if it's an adventure game, a choose your own adventure game kind of idea. Yeah, choose your own adventures. Um, good way to call it. It's a really good game to have some people over and play because you can all kind of decide what happens. Because it's a game that it's it, it's like an interactive movie, but you have an agency on how this movie goes. And like I think that there is definitely room for that kind of game, especially in a horror setting. I think it's really a fun thing. I wanted just to make sure I like gave this game a shout out because I, I really think the developer is doing cool and original things with it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure what's better, it or the new Dark Picture Anthologies, which is the same style game. It's just on multi-platform. It's not the same franchise as Until Dawn, but it's the same kind of game and gameplay. Um, How does it compare to the Telltale games? Like different. Walking Dead? The, there is like moments of these games where you're like walking around, like kind of mm-hmm. like Resident Evil fixed camera angle stuff, but a lot of it is like quick time event stuff where cutscenes or characters right. talking and you decide what they say or what they well, do. Well, that's what you do in The Walking Dead. Yeah, I haven't played The Walking Dead, so maybe it is similar. Uh, yeah. I don't know, to be honest. I, I, yeah, I can't I want to try that. Um, yeah. yeah, I had a lot of fun. I think it was a really good like party game kind of thing, which mm-hmm. I, which maybe there should be room. Like maybe that's an underserved niche, especially in a time like this, like like an online version of that where you could play sort of like a in a you know like a Skype room or something or a Zoom. You can with the, with the new games. You, with oh, you can. Games. You can do oh, that. That's yeah. great. Okay. And that's kind of like like I I feel like this kind of game gets kind of like poo pooed by like hardcore gamer people like be like this isn't action real time doesn't game. have any like, gameplay quick yeah. time events doesn't no have shots so like i think like there's definitely value in this kind of game like it's definitely doing something unique and cool like and i just yeah, yeah. wanted to mention yeah that. I, I had fun with it i did not complete it i would like to i'd like to see if elliot dies or not um i gotta play it. Keep playing. 
All right. So moving into the first year that has uh, a lot of entries, more than 10 entries, uh, 2016. It's a big one. It's a big one. Uh, Battlefield 1 was like a, a kind of a return to form for Battlefield. Uh, I am somebody who spent 500 hours playing Battlefield BC2. Uh, bad Company 2, that is. And like Battlefield 1 hit hard. And we had a lot of fun playing that game. We did. And it still looks incredibly beautiful. Like the graphics are really mm-hmm. good. The setting was so original. I remember playing it like every time I was playing, I'm like, I was always marveling at the setting. Like it was such a refreshing setting. Like right. I've never seen a game that was in that setting. It's always World War II and Vietnam and modern stuff. And it was just cool to have a game that was in that that time period. So early. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's probably my favorite shooter for competitive games over the gen of this gen. Like I would hmm. say that I probably had the most fun with that game. I played like 180 hours. Mm-hmm. So I played a lot of that game. Um, <laughs> but, and it definitely had some frustrating moments in it. It's not a perfect game with snipers mm-hmm. and stuff, but mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. definitely, like, there's nothing... I don't know, Battlefield's pretty unique in that regard. It's kind of its own, like, it, crazy... It does spectacle in a way that just yeah. no other gaming series it's a sandbox. does. Like, you, you have these moments that are, like, way more crazy than anything that happens in a scripted Call of Duty campaign, but it's just because somebody fucking brought down a Zeppelin right in front of yeah, your the, tank. The you Zeppelin was, like, like, one of the most uh, crazy yeah, things ever. Oh, yeah, those are so wild. Yeah. yeah, I forgot about those Zeppelins. That's awesome. Yeah, for me, uh, Battlefield 1, like when I was growing up, I was a huge fan of Lawrence of Arabia, that movie. So oh, yeah. playing mm-hmm. playing a game that had a level that's literally just inspired by that movie was pretty awesome. And uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it was just epic, like bringing down the Zeppelin. There's really nothing like it. Um, I kind of, uh, I, I hope the new Battlefield brings some of that back. I really do. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I agree. And now uh, the next game is Dark Souls Remastered. Dark Souls Remastered did not come out in 2016. (laughs) That's a joke. It's Dark Souls 3. uh, NAC 2? Dark Souls 3. (laughs) I'm a big fan of NAC 2. It's my favorite. Yeah. I think think the criticism is fair, though. Dark Souls 3 is definitely a very similar game to Dark Souls 1 and Dark Souls 2-ish, even. Yeah. uh, Well, Dark Souls 1 and Bloodborne, really, I feel like. Yeah. Dark Souls 3 is definitely still like an amazing game it's probably the mm-hmm. most polished from soft game of that style yeah uh, the multiplayer is the most fleshed out of that game of that style game mm-hmm. um it looks nice <laughs> the yeah, dlc it was, it was the second graphics. dlc is so difficult it's like, Sekiro. <laughs> yeah. like i think yeah. in oh my, my opinion <clears throat> i forgot Miyazaki about that. saw people playing through the game <clears throat> at level one and all that stuff and he was like i don't believe it because he said he said i don't believe people are doing it and he might be right people might be cheating but the point is, is that he, I think he made the Ring City as like a, this is going to be the challenge for you guys. Like mm. if you're a real hardcore Dark Souls player, we got the, we got something special for you. I think yeah. Sekiro kind of kept that going because Sekiro is that same oh, level yeah. of like extreme hard, way harder yeah. than regular Souls. Yeah. yeah Dark. I, yeah. I was just going to say Dark Souls three, uh, uh, even Ashes of Ariandel like was super hard. Just that final boss because, uh, oh, yeah. Mm. The the um the daughter the sister sister Freed, uh, yeah. she's literally a Bloodborne character in a Dark Souls three Maria. game. Yeah, Maria, or, yeah, she's yeah. like Lady Maria, but like your character just can't move fast enough to actually like take her down. So that was a very frustrating. She can boss do fight. the quick step. She can do the Bloodborne. She actually has the animation. Yeah, from that's right. Quick step. Yeah, that so. was a brutal fight. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's it's that's a pretty good Dark Souls game. I mean, it is it does feel a lot like Dark Souls, and it has even many of the same locations uh but i played the shit out of that game and i had a ton of fun yeah, doing too. it so i mean it's yeah. still like a masterpiece it's still yeah. like top quality like in every regard yeah yeah it's just there was no. a lot of souls games that year yeah <laughs> or that yeah. this this gen really there have been i think i think it's what it is is like there's been a lot of souls games and i've spent a ton of time playing souls games yeah but right. like my attachment is a little lower to that game than some of the others um next game devil daggers which i think is the best five dollars you can spend like on a video game it, it is super hard shooter that's kind of it's not a roguelike but it's like you basically j- just keeps getting harder and harder and harder um it's like a survival arena where you can just go for as long as you can i would say it's very niche though it's like if you like extreme challenge projectile like slow moving base game to lead your targets like it's not a not a game that doesn't even have, allow controller inputs like it's this not game for, everyone. for a specific audience yeah but if you are in that audience you should play it because it is definitely very well designed 
it's just it's such a rewarding game though because it's yeah. so freaking hard like it'll take you like a couple of days to get past 40 to live for 40 seconds like to have a round yeah. that last more than 40 seconds which this sounds kind of crazy that splunky to you level of challenge oh maybe? yeah yes yeah. yes i would say yes that's about that's a good analogy but once you get to the point where you start you're like oh now i can go 40 seconds now i can go 90 seconds now i can go you know 180 seconds like it's very rewarding. Um, it, it has the most incredible pixel art style. It looks like some. It looks like if Quake was on the PlayStation, which I think Quake was on the PlayStation, but Quake Two was. Quake Two was. So it, it has this like very just like black metal aesthetic that looks like it's you know funneled through a PlayStation it's got pixel X. wobble and all that kind yeah. of stuff. It's, it it's, looks really it's a beautiful alias game. and jaggy. It's like beautiful in that '90s kind of like aliased old school way. Definitely. And the sound design <laughs> is out of this world. Like it is such good sound design for 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 just an indie game that's just like a lo-fi game. It mm-hmm. it's 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 a masterpiece. Honestly, I think more people should play it. But yes, it is very niche. Uh, I don't think anybody really likes this next game. Um, Doom. Yeah, let's skip it. It's not that good. Skip it. <laughs> so, like, probably the most surprising game of the generation for me, and, and, and in some ways I would say maybe, the, like, the most, the game You bought the it most, from a gray market seller. I so. did, I did. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, the what game the that's fuck? most indicative of, like, what made this generation good, like, arguably the game of the generation is Doom, because it was like, Could oh, be. wow, this old franchise can come out that's in with... Uh, Gameplay that feels reminiscent but totally fresh and is like nothing else that's on the market currently. I completely agree. It's it's in my top, probably my top three games of the gen. Easy. Like, I think it revitalized Doom uh, for a lot of people. Like like you were saying, like I think it managed to bring people into to, to the, to the series they never played before. Like, I think it did what they were trying to do, which was that. And then they managed to do this soundtrack that like somehow Mick Gordon writes this super transgressive, harsh music that people who don't like metal love. So I don't know how he did that, but like props to him for that. <laughs> um, and it just, it's just such a great game. It plays great. Like I love the sense of place, which Oren mentioned um, on our Doom cast, which I completely agree. It's all on Mars. It's like in one setting. It's in hell as well. But like, it's like, it doesn't have this, Doom Eternal really lost that kind of, I felt like was, was that kind of stuff. And, and for Doom, Doom was like perfect. It was like the perfect representation of what classic Doom was and then take it in a slightly different direction. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, yeah, I agree with everything that you guys are saying. I think the one thing I'd add is that the story is good. It's a good story for a game that's incredibly stupid. Like just the mm. way Doom guy reacts to everything mm-hmm. is amazing. Every time exposition's was, being delivered to you, he's just like, I don't care. Yeah, fuck this. And he does the opposite of what they say. <laughs> yeah. And also, like that, I I completely agree with that. And I also want to build on that and say that in that time where we were used to these games, these NPCs blathering at us for a long right. time, you have to do exactly what they say. It was so refreshing, right? Just to have this character like completely just negate that. It was like a, like, we, we're not going to do that. Yeah. In so many ways, it was just like a complete, like fuck you to everything that had been going on um, in gaming up at that point, the way game, you know, the way shooters were played, the way that they felt, the kind of movement you could do, the way the stories were told, like it was just extremely transgressive and it felt so fresh and so surprising four years ago. It's yeah. dope. Yeah. It is. Uh, all right. Next firewatch. Am I the only one that played this game? Yeah. Yep. Firewatch. I it. It, it, yeah, I honestly, it. I think everybody should play firewatch. It's, it's a, it's a, you know, walking sim. It's one of those games that you can play in a sitting, like think of it as kind of like a short story, like just give yourself three hours or so three or four hours, I guess. And you'll, you'll play it in one sitting. Uh, it was the first walking sim game that I had played and I, I really liked it. Not quite as much as another one that's coming up a little later, but uh, I'm also big fans of the people that made it. Campo Santo, who is now, they're all now, they've been hive-minded into Valve. But uh, they had a really cool podcast, and they they, they kind of helped make Half-Life Alex come out. And so you can see little hints of that there. Um, it's, it's, it's just a really high-quality walking sim. Clearly, it's good enough if they got absorbed into Valve, right? Valve knows right. somehow can yeah. just find talent, <laughs> indie talent. Valve is like, I've never seen a company who's better at finding indie talent than Valve. Like, they've hired guys from 18 Fortress, Dota. I mean, they, they know what they're doing, right? When right. it comes to right. finding talent, they, they absorb those guys. So they got to be they got to be good. They got to right. be good. Yeah, I yeah. got to play it. No. I, I recommend everybody play it. It's one of those games you'll, you'll find on a PSN or Steam sale for like four bucks. So pick it up. Uh, next up is Hitman, which is another game that I think was sort of, you know, 
looked at what everybody else was doing, even looked at what the previous Hitman game was doing and said, no, 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 we're going to do this differently. And like, because of that felt extremely fresh. Yeah, I'm, I'm just going to say, right, all right, I was thinking about this for the past month or two. I think Hitman 2016 is my favorite game, just full mm. stop. I just love it. I, I've, I've, I've probably put about 800 hours or so into Hitman. <laughs> so Really? Yeah, oh, wow. like like just an insane amount of hours over the past five years because it's just I, I just love Sapienza. I just love hanging out there. I love shooting people. I love poisoning mm-hmm. people. I love yeah. being like I can see a it. sociopathic James Bond. It's just like what I like. <laughs> it's extremely uh, you know, fun. That game too, because of how well it's designed in terms of its like sandbox options. The more time you put into it, the more you can get out of it. Like Absolutely. there's just so much to that game in that regard. So yeah. I could completely see that. Like that it was very well like smartly done in that regard. It's the perfect desert island game. Like if you're stuck on a desert island, you can only right. play one game. Like it, you're not going to get bored with Hitman, especially if you get Hitman 2 included, which which I think of Hitman 2 as I said earlier uh, off the podcast as like DLC basically, but it's more more maps. Um it, it, yeah, I've had so much. I've not played 800 hours, but I've easily put over 100 and it's every time I go back, it's just it's always fun. I'm always having a good time. And I think it's the Love best it. controller swap game that that there is, basically, in my opinion. Besides maybe S Super Mario Brothers three, <laughs> pretty good controller swap. Uh, also uh, uh, has some of the best Easter eggs in any game I've ever I've ever seen. Like in mm. Hokkaido, for example, if you go in the morgue, you can see like a dead biker who wears the biker suit from Kill Bill, for example. It's just great. Oh like, I, yeah. I just love those Easter eggs. They're great. <laughs> it's kind of yeah. like a Duke Nukem 3D kind of Easter egg. Like those kind of homage. Yeah. Totally. It's just, it's, they just have some great stuff in those games. Uh, yeah. Even in, uh, there's like a, a level to Colorado where you can basically find Mike Myers and kill him. Like it's, <laughs> it's, it's just awesome. Great game. Yeah. I recommend watching uh, speed runs of it because like I played a lot of Hitman and I hadn't watched any speedruns and then I watched somebody do speedruns and I was like, oh my God, I'm playing the game wrong. <laughs> like, like the, the things that these guys were doing which just blew my mind. Uh, they were, you know, people were beating uh, the Paris mission in like 50 seconds. Silent suit, a, a silent assassin, like they never changed their suit. They, they, it was just crazy. And it, it like opened up a whole new play style for me. So it's, it's an amazing game. And uh, on the flip side, you can watch kill everyone in the challenges where YouTubers just go around and kill everybody. So. <laughs> right. <laughs> Those are pretty fun. Yeah. Or the, what's, is there, there's something wrong with the toilet. Like that's a classic YouTube video. <laughs> yeah, there's, exactly. there's a problem with the toilet where he's got like 700. I mean, making a body pile, which is like one of the, the all time great things to do in a stealth game right. is rarely more rewarding than in Hitman 2. Um, <laughs> great stuff. Love it. Yeah. So Hyperlight Drifter is... Did, did you guys play this game? Uh, I did. Oh. I liked it. Good stuff. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I just... Something about the, like, the aesthetic of it, the soundtrack is incredible. The sound design is incredible. The way it looks, the, just the whole thing came together, and I'm a huge fan of A Link to the Past. And so you, to get this sort of, like, super hard, more responsive, you know, more just, like, buttery version <laughs> of that with just like this crazy Ralph Bakshi sort of like anime style. It, was, it, it blew my mind. I, I still love it. Every time I show that game to, to people too, like people who don't play video games, they're always really just like, whoa, what is that? Um, it, it's hard as fuck though. I was replaying it recently on PS4 and it was like kicking my ass. I was like, this game is brutal. I remember it, us playing good, the though. co-op on the boss and we fought the, the bird boss like 30 times. Yeah. And we didn't beat it. Because we were playing on co-op. So when you play on co-op, it doubles the boss's health. Which makes oh, the boss geez. very hard. Yeah, it was ridiculous. we shouldn't be we should not have been playing the boss on co-op. But it's definitely, you know, one of the more polished and beautiful quote unquote indie games of in recent times. And it's I think it's a great game to show to people just to see like ways that games can be beautiful that are not, you know, realistic 3D representational graphics. Definitely. Uh, super hot. That's uh, that's another game. Super you can play in a sitting. hot, hot, 
super it's, hot. It's a pretty, it's like such a stylish, like well-delivered concept. And it's interesting that they chose to just make it for like two hours long. I kind of wanted it to be, I mean, I definitely wanted it to be longer, which I guess means that they did their work right. But um, yeah, like it's a first person shooter where, t- where time only moves when you move. Mm-hmm. It kind of reminds me of Hotline Miami where it's like you die in one hit and you can just kind of redo something a bunch of times until you do it the right way. Yeah. And like and there's like that beauty of that kind of gameplay which I really like and I thought that was really fun about Super Hot was that kind of element of like doing something 30 times in 30 different ways even till you get it right. I yeah. have a I have a classic story, friend story where a friend of mine came over one time and I hadn't seen him in months. And I was like, "Hey, like, you want to play this game called Super Hot?" And he's like, "Yeah, sure, whatever. We'll play it for like 15 minutes." And he was like glued to the TV for three or four hours. And it was nice seeing him. It was great seeing him. But we didn't really talk because he was so invested in Super Hot. So, and he's not really a gamer too. So, uh, the fact that that game engaged him so much, you know, says a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, Super Hot is everybody should play it. It's in VR. I think it's pretty good in VR. I played it a little bit uh, just recently with Kevin in on the Oculus Quest Two, and uh, mm-hmm. I think it it translates quite well to VR. Yeah, it's um, very fun in VR. Although you look like a fucking idiot because you're swinging your. Uh, it's like one of those <laughs> games where you just look like like ridiculous because you're swinging your arms around and dodging shit, and everybody's that's like, "What called, are they? What are they looking at?" That's called every VR game ever made. Yeah, I guess that's true. <laughs> um, I guess I skipped Darkest Dungeon, which I think is is yeah. incredible. No, I didn't you skip did. it. I definitely skipped it. Yeah. Uh, Darkest Dungeon is a roguelike, I guess roguelite, um, uh, like Lovecraft inspired game with like RPG mechanics. It's kind of, it's, it's hard to describe exactly. You have like a party that you traverse with. You have a party that you traverse the, these dungeons with. Right. Like the, the, the key takeaway is that it's got this cool announcer (laughs) and it has these really fun, like dungeon exploring things. But like you get party right? members and like the 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 key like the best way to play the game is to like use your party work your party members to death instead of to build them up is to like work a bunch of them to death while you keep a little privilege class and get them stronger and stronger. <laughs> it's like really <laughs> fucked up. Yeah, I, love I just th- yeah, go for it. Oh uh, yeah, I was just gonna say to me it's just uh, uh, as like a funny devil's advocate video. I recommend watching the. I think it's Jeffrey Anderson. Is that his name? There's this like YouTuber who makes Joseph like, Anderson. Joseph Anderson. Yeah. He, he he made this video about Darkest Dungeon, and he kind I feel like he played it wrong because you're not really playing the game to beat it. You're just kind of playing it to see how far you get before your right. whole party goes insane. And he yeah. just hated the game because he's like a completionist. So right. if you're a completionist, don't play this game because it's not. It's more about the experience of having a party of guys facing Lovecraftian horrors and slowly going insane. It's not really about winning. And yeah. that, that's just my opinion. So <laughs> yeah, I never, I never won. I did not beat the game. I, spent <laughs> I, a lot of time I, I didn't, it. I didn't come close, but good. Yeah, game. I, I like either. it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Terrifying game. Terrifying, by the way, Jesus Christ. Some of those, yeah. uh, some of those Eldritch horrors are something else. It just like uh, just like a good fun like RPG like kind of I don't know it kind of reminds me of playing like a an old school RPG. Yeah, yeah, it's like turn based Bloodborne or something. It's cool. Yeah, uh, Kevin, are you right over there? All good. <laughs> I had a purifier good? incident going off, and I just didn't want to have the purifier incident continue to go off, so I dealt with the uh, purifier incident. Kindness. Uh, I, thought, kindness. I thought you like I thought you like left the frame, took like a really quick poop. And then you just came back into the frame, just like really that would have been efficient. impressively fast poop. He, he yeah. farted off camera. Uh, thank I you. I wish I could be that efficient, <laughs> so, but sadly. Titanfall Imagine two. Didn't. Titanfall huh? two, baby. Titanfall two. Titanfall two is uh, it, it's it's like Titanfall one, but it has a single player campaign that's really good. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> I mean, it's dope. It's it's definitely it's probably in my top ten. That multiplayer mm. is great. The single player is fun and well paced and. Has some really cool ideas. Yeah, T- Titanfall Two. It it is a fun single player. Although I, it's worth noting that I've I've always gotten to like the very end and then got distracted and not completed it. But I spent a ton of time playing the multiplayer, and the multiplayer was like really fun. And it's kind of annoying to me that there aren't any nobody plays that game. That game's dead. 
and it was dead. It was like killed because it was released in between Battlefield and, and uh, Call of Duty, famously. And then there's no other games that really play like that, so it's kind of I know. Frustrating. I we think like the best way to describe Titanfall two is like a cross of Call of Duty and Quake. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Does that seem accurate. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 got fast time to kill, but a lot more movement mechanics. Um, and it was you know it was really it was like a really fun multiplayer game. So I'm annoyed. It had a brief resurgence when it because it was in when it was released on PC. It wasn't on Steam, which is another reason I think it didn't have as much success. So it was released on Steam this year, and it had like a three or four weeks of it being kind of. It came out the same time as popular. Grand Slam Battlefield One as well, which really hurt hurt it. Grand Slam Alpha One. Grand Slam of Battlefield One, right? Ba- Battlefield yeah. One was a huge yeah, I got success. Ever, yeah, got just put it at a bad time. Yeah. Uh, I think it also came out around the time Knack Two came out too. That really destroyed it. So. Yeah, don't fuck mm. with Knack. Seriously, yeah. uh, <laughs> Uncharted Four, Oren, this one's all you. Oh yeah, Uncharted Four is uh, that's probably my biggest surprise personally for games that I love this generation because. I don't really like the Uncharted series that much. I didn't really care for the first three games, but I thought it was really cool that Neil Druckmann of uh, The Last of Us took Nathan Drake's character and made a story about growing older and putting the toys away, so to speak, and marriage and learning to become uh, to, to grow with your spouse so that you two love each other in a mutual way, and it's a, it was just a very interesting way to ta- to to tackle that character. It was a very natural evolution. I actually thought it did that way more successfully than God of War did, because um, mm-hmm. God of War is like, oh, let's just kind of make it The Last of Us and make it a dad game about kind of coping with your former self and how that comes out when you're raising a kid. But with Uncharted 4 they did it in a way where it felt natural that that character would have this weird interior journey about, you know, like I'm not this person anymore. I have to learn to be this new person for my, for my wife. And I just thought it was a really good story. I liked it. Mm -hmm. Also, it's just the whole package. The action's great. Mm Well-paced, technical Marvel, good stuff. Uncharted four. Cool. Nice. All right, we are now we're moving into the year with just like an insane number, and we're we're also making surprising progress. I, I calculated this out <laughs> when we had like fifty five things, and I was like, this is going to take like five hours <laughs> if, <laughs> if we spend around five minutes. So maybe you had our decimal uh, off there or something. What? Maybe you had like a decimal off or something there. No, I mean we're just not spending five minutes on each game. <laughs> but uh, so twenty seventeen. Twenty seventeen. I just got to preface that. Right? This is like the nineteen ninety eight. Of of 2017, right? Like this yeah. is like this is this 2017 is the, is the 2003 slam. of 1998. Exactly, it it totally is. I mean, this is like this is the year, right, of the gen, right? Definitely. Yeah. I, I, I think yeah, everybody. Yeah. Uh, I'm kind of partial to 2016 personally, but 2017 is kind of that's that that's the climax of it, right? Yeah, yes. I, I think it's probably yeah. arguably the the best year video games had in terms of just like breadth of games. There's just so many of them. Um, but yeah. So starting number one, Assassin's Creed origins. Yeah. I, I remember watching the trailer for that game and not giving a shit about it. And then, Oh yeah, me too. Um, actually, <laughs> uh, didn't care when they, I remember like when they, when E3 was presenting it, I like muted it and like opened up another window on my computer. Like I like didn't watch it. Um, yeah, I just was at the time I didn't care about Assassin's Creed at all, um, and now I do. Now I almost I was gonna prove Valhalla, so I think this game re completely reinvigorated the series in a way that like they managed to kind of like I guess Hitman right or you know like a reboot in the in the best kind of way. Like they took what what Assassin's Creed was and they made it much bigger and, and better. I right? We guys agree on that? That's they the, made it The Witcher, kind of. Kind <laughs> of. It's, yeah. it's uh, kind, I haven't it's played kind of a, it, but that's what I heard. It's a hodgepodge of a bunch of things. Yeah. Like, there's no climbing in The Witcher, but it definitely has elements of The Witcher. I think Odyssey is more The Witcher, probably, than... That's probably true. I I mean, the thing for me that makes Origins so great is that it's taking a historical setting that is is wildly underutilized in video games and and just giving you a triple-A, you know, multi-million dollar presentation of the pyramids and, you know, the Library of Alexandria um, 
it was just really awesome to be in that space and not be in this kind of like vaguely historical, you know, fantasy place instead. So it was really cool. They, they did a good thing with the combat kind of dark souls of it a little bit. Mm-hmm. And, um, yep. And making the game more like, I guess, Far Cry, really. It's, it's much more yeah. about like... I think that's accurate, Far yeah. Cry. I I uh, also, I just in terms of, um, I guess like, I think of Assassin's Creed games were like they were kind of this repetitive, the same thing every single year. Like mm-hmm. from the first game on, like they, yeah. like they completely redid almost every mechanic of it. Like it doesn't really play... I guess like I always try and present Assassin's Creed to people. I'm like, oh, I'm playing the Assassin's Creed. And I feel like some people who haven't played the last two games would still think of it as what it was. Right. And it's just not the same thing, like at all. No, it's not. I, I've gone back and played the the most recent Assassin's Creed besides Origins. What was it, Syndicate? And it was yeah. like this game is nothing, <laughs> like uh, like Origins or Odyssey. It was shocking how different they were. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, I mean, I think Origins is really great. I think Odyssey is even better. We're going to talk about that later. But it's it's a really high quality open world game that, that managed to sort of like find a way to deal with the sort of quote unquote Ubisoft bloat and make it feel meaningful. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think Odyssey does it even better. But yeah, it's Origins is, is, is worth playing. Definitely. I got to play it. Uh, Astral Chain. That is a um, Switch game uh, by Platinum, just like Bayonetta and mm. Nier. Um, mm-hmm. Wait, wait is, game- Ast- is Astral Chain 2017 or is it 2019? For some reason, my brain says 2019. But yeah, I mean, we, could, we, we, we can talk about it. But yeah, you're I right. It's like 2019. I, Who I, made uh, this list? I was thinking I was like, Me? you? <laughs> Yeah, that's that's okay. We'll, we'll just talk about it. Astral I did make Chain. it at Why like not? three in the morning, so I probably fucked yeah, up a few good. places. It's uh, okay. We'll let's talk, talk, let's talk, talk, talk about it. It's fine. Let's Someone talk like about Astral it. Yeah. Did that uh, came out two thousand nineteen? Really? I yeah. Like, like, I, like I feel like that was last year. Anyways, okay. <laughs> it, it's because uh, I was thinking that's the same year as Breath of the Wild and Mario. Yeah. I was, like, I was like running my head and, through, and, that, and it's better than all those games. Yeah. Um, it's like a cyberpunk anime game where you play as the police and. Uh, because it's anime, you're police who have like these super powered like demons that you can summon, and you have like a very literal chain before between them and you. And I don't know, it's it's just uh, it has this cool kind of weird story that kind of unfolds this weird big mystery, and um, it has very very platinum games combat, but with like an extra twist as you have your the right stick controls the the monster and like and the chain that it's on, and there's just all sorts of kind of fun interactions you can have with the enemies in that. Um, I think this game got like pretty good reviews and pretty well like received by most people, but I don't hear people talk about it that much these days, which is kind of a bummer because I do think it was really awesome. Like I did hmm. really like that game, so I really got to play it. Yeah, you should. Yeah, got to get a Switch. I want that yeah. Switch 4K or whatever Switch Pro. Yeah, mm-hmm. heavily rumored. Uh, yeah. All right, Breath of the Wild. Feel like this game received probably like thirty hours of coverage on this podcast yeah. back in twenty seventeen. But it's a good uh, Zelda game. You guys should play it if you haven't played. It. <laughs> I haven't it's played a good it. Zelda game. <laughs> you guys should play it. Yeah, that's about all. That's about all it needs to be said. Um, open world, highly systemic Zelda game. Mm-hmm. It's what we all wanted. You, mm-hmm. you can break your weapons, and by we all, I mean me. Uh, the one thing I yeah. will say, I guess, like one detail, I'll say is like. In the same regard to Assassin's Creed, I feel like Zelda became a little bit derivative, kind of the mm. same. I didn't oh, really yeah. care about no, the last couple hardcore of Zelda games. derivative. Like it was so, bad. Like this game kind of <laughs> did the same thing. They really rebooted it. They took it back to what it was and did something new with it, and that was a cool thing. I think that's a trend in in a lot of the games that were very surprising yeah. was that they were they were able to like reinvent themselves in new and interesting ways. Mm-hmm. Because I mean, let's be honest. By 2013 and 14, there was some pretty stale gaming trends that needed to be shook up. Definitely. Right. Uh, all right. Dead Cells is uh, maybe. Well, I don't know if it's my favorite, but like I, I love Dead Cells. It was another game that I played for several months, <clears throat> for like an hour a day, and um, it's just like the best feeling. And I hate to use the word best, but it really is the best feeling side scroller I've ever played. I think that's fair. I mean, it feels awesome to play. I loved. I loved it. I played it a lot. A lot. Yeah, I played great. a lot. It's probably the 
the only Rouge like that I actually played a bit of was uh, mm. was Dead Cells and Rouge like, yeah, Rouge Warrior. <laughs> um, back when we used to play WoW, there was this guy named everyone played Rogues and sorry, this is, I'll keep this short. And uh, I always just thought it was funny how people would always spell their character wrong. They spell it as yeah. Rouge. And there was one guy, guy there was one World guy named War. Rouge Warrior, and Aaron and I yeah. were just like laughing our asses off at this someone who named their character Rouge Warrior. Like, how do you get that wrong? <laughs> That's so. Good. Why do you just delete that character and re-roll? What dumbass? Uh, I don't know, but it makes it funnier. So, and I think if when I think yeah. of Rouge likes, it's just it's just like, what are you talking about? So, yeah, yeah. I, that, that game was cool though. Cool Castlevania like. I'm not a big like Rouge like. It's not my genre, so I don't play a lot of them. But uh, that game did stick with me for a bit. But that game's just it. It like really it almost feels like it's not procedural in the way that it does it um, to me. Mm-hmm. Like I, I, that game is just so good. I, I do feel like they, they kind of got a little too, like I think they had the perfect game and then they kept developing it. And so they kind of overdeveloped it. It got too much. It was kind of that like, rainbow six siege problem. It's like, I don't know yeah. if I want to learn all this stuff now. Take right. two. It's a, it's a service kind of thing, you know? Yeah. But it's, it's still fun. You can play it, I believe in a mode that has no, uh, with no upgrades you can play it so it's not it's roguelike instead of roguelite um mm. it's, it's a gorgeous looking game I, I don't know i love it it was so funny i met one of the people one of the developers who worked at that game at e3 in 2018 i was like oh yeah oh my god i love your game man i love it so much i was like it was my number four game of the year and he's like number four what was what was number one what was number two and i was like i felt like such a dumbass because i was like i really love your game and i'm like number four I'm like uh you were two on it i love PUBG and prey and uh, divinity original sin a little better but uh it's funny you did give him like a backhanded compliment not intentionally yeah t- just, and i did not mean to too do honest. it but he was awesome yeah. dude those guys those guys were great uh that's so funny <laughs> <laughs> Aaron, you're my seventh favorite human being. Yeah, <laughs> Aaron, you're my nineteenth favorite friend. Let me tell you. <laughs> so good. Uh, Dishonored, Death of the Outsider, is like, I think the debatably like the the best Dishonored game because it doesn't put limits on the powers that you can use. So like, you will play Dishonored one or two, and you might feel like you need to be restrictive in the amount of weird magical shit you use or you want to you play it really stealthy death of the outsider you can just kind of go crazy and use your powers like a maniac and it's it's really really good and the mission design is incredible they don't punish you for killing anyone either the original dishonored they punish you if you're a bad guy and i thought that was lame and this game you can just be a horrible person (laughs) there's consequences i don't know if you they punish you but there's consequences you get the bad ending if you kill people who cares about the bad ending i I hear you but kevin cares all right did it, am I the only one to play this game? I played it. I liked it. Oh, yeah. I mean, I played Dishonored too. That was fun. Oh, Death of the Outsider is is uh, yeah. They're they're both great. Honestly, they're they're both high endorsement for me. Uh, you play as Artyom and and Death and Dishonored too, right? You yeah, it's weird. You're you're walking through this the subways of Moscow, and you're like, what? Artyom, uh, take my hand. <laughs> No, you play as uh, Billy something in in Death of the Outsider. It's um, yeah, Death of the Outsider. Yeah, can't remember what her name is. What her name is? Whatever. Yeah. Anyway, um, picture her face with the eye patch. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, oh! It took me a moment to figure out who we were talking about with RTM. It's like, oh yeah, Metro. (laughs) Metro. Yeah. (laughs) Which I don't think we have a Metro game on here, do we? Metro Exodus was pretty good, but. Um, I haven't played it yet. It runs like shit, and I'm waiting for a better <laughs> graphics card, basically. Yeah, yeah. It's a technological it, it, issue. It, it's like, t- to me, it's like a really, really good game that's not quite list-worthy, but mm. I'll give it, a, I'll give it yeah. a nod. That seems fair. Right. Uh, Divinity Original Sin 2 is, for me, what I think The uh, the Witcher 3 was for you. Sure. Or and it kind of fills this role of, like, your actions have a lot of consequence, both in how you interact with NPCs and the kind of things that you can do in combat and the kind of ways that you can interact with the world. It, it has a really cool setting. I haven't, I never would have thought I would have even enjoyed a CRPG before I played that game, and I love the hell out of it, hell out of it. So, it's it's just an excellent CRPG with really great writing, really great voice acting, which is kind of hard to believe because you know it's like fantasy voice acting takes some skill, right? Because you got to say these kind of ridiculous things sometimes that, that takes, you know, a lesser actor might have difficulty with. Uh, but the voice acting 
is incredible. Storytelling is really good. Uh, the combat is is extremely fun and, and just like in like it's this turn based combat that you can just use so many different things and like every battle can play out so differently that like it just gives you a lot of options basically. Yeah. Is everything voice in that game? Yeah, hundred percent. Okay, that's cool. I just mm-hmm. was thinking it does take special voice acting to do because I think of uh, you know. Uh, what's his name? What's the guy's name from uh, Game of Thrones? Tyrion. Peter, D- Peter Dinklage. Peter Dinklage. Yeah. I think of his performance in Destiny and that kind of that wizard came from the moon line. Right. And- <laughs> yeah, that guy just took the money and ran, huh? Like, <laughs> what a what a dick. But uh, no, I'm not like, writing. Is terrible because <laughs> like they, they say a lot of like fantasy like stuff. You know, they I do. mean, it's, it's it is a fantasy game. Like, and it, it's a lot harder to say. You know that wizard came from the moon, then like, well, all the guys down the street are, what are you doing here? Right. Yeah. Bojack Horseman. Um, but divinity original sin Two, high endorsement, uh, evil within two. Oh, so good. I haven't played it that much. Oh, it's so good. It doesn't run well on my computer. (laughs) Oh yeah. It's not first world problems. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's really good though. Uh, I can't believe how good the story is for a game like that. Uh, the, the story is solid. Uh, really moving too, um, mm. uh, and yeah, I, I, I don't really know what else to say about it other than it's just the best Resident Resident Evil Four sequel that I've played. It's better than nice. five, six. It's better than Dead Space. In. Is it like that? Is it that kind of game, or is it more of a stealth game? I thought it, it's like it's like a combination of RE Four, Last of Us type gameplay, but okay. It's, I don't know. It's it's been a while since I've played it, but when I did play it, I just had it was just such a satisfying game, and it, it's 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 incredibly trippy, like uh, the psychological horror kind of melded with this kind of Matrix type world building is really satisfying. Yeah. And uh, all of the first the, game was, yeah, I, I liked the first game, but I thought the second game had a much more focused story. Um, the first game yeah. story, like Sebastian Castellanos wasn't really much of a protagonist with no real motivation. And the second one, he's trying to save his daughter. So it is kind of a dad game, but it's done in a way that, that, that felt earned. And, uh, the game is also just very satisfying in terms of just the guns feel great. Like every mm-hmm. time you blast a zombie with a shotgun, it feels just weighty and it's a good one, and it and the game also does the mini open world thing well, where that mm. for being awesome. Yeah, it gives you like these this little area to explore with just little things you can discover in kind of a Breath of the Wild type way, hmm. and it's it's surprisingly effective. Um, I also wanted to mention because I only played the game for like five hours, but I liked what I played. Japanese monster design in horror games is always my favorite. Like Resident Evil, oh, yeah. Bloodborne, yeah. Dark Souls. All the Japanese monsters are always my favorite. And that game absolutely had great, just creepy, gross stuff that I thought was really well done. I really liked that. I remember there's like some mother's like feeding like her child, and it's like it's like exploding at the gorge from overfeeding, and it was just this like horrifying sight. And I was just like, wow, this is a good game. I should play more of this. <laughs> yeah, it's it's the kind of game where you'll just like see this giant abomination that's two stories tall in a mini open world and you're like fuck how the hell do i get past that thing yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. That's it's cool. good also, it's good that's a good one I, I gotta play more i wish i could i wish i ran on my computer i need a new graphics card which i Does can't it still buy. run like shit that sounds like a game actually that i would really like because i really oh, like yeah. the stealth horror games <clears throat> oh yeah. With game, yeah some openness with some openness it is yeah <laughs> yeah it's uh, the last thing i'll say about it is um i think i think it's probably my most underrated game of the generation i was pretty surprised at how little press it got because it's a it's a great time definitely one of the standout horror games of the gen yeah and i picked it over resident evil 7 so that's saying a lot right so mm-hmm. yeah yeah no that is all right cool uh hellblade sensuous sacrifice senuous sacrifice senuous oh yeah uh he- hellblade is what i wanted god of war to be god of mm. war um hellblade is like the 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 hard r adult rated version of god of war it just hmm. It uses Norse mythology to explore mental illness 
and uh, and just really like, but in a really disturbing way. <laughs> and uh, it's one of those games that's best played with headphones because the game is trying to mimic what it feels like to be schizophrenic and to actually like hear voices in your head. And it does it in a way that's really effective and terrifying. And the game is just an incredible horror take on Norse mythology. And it kind of, after playing that and then playing God of War, I was kind of let down. Um, mm. Also, also just a great game about trauma because mm-hmm. it's it's about a, a character trying coping with the death of her lover and kind of bringing her through the gates of hell to hmm. um, to uh, kind of like save his soul and stuff. And it's a really well told story, um, and it's just a fantastic game. Highly recommend. I remember the actress who played the protagonist for that game, she won a game award for her yeah. performance and she was yeah, saying like, Molly. I'm not even an actor. I just like right. was hired. Like, <laughs> yeah. Just, yeah. Yeah. So that story, cool. that story is wild. Her name's Melina Jurgens, and she uh, was just like working there and the game designers were like, holy shit, you can emote like crazy. You should be an actress. And she just became an actress. It's amazing. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. That's Yeah. That game is that game on Game Pass. I feel like it is. It might be. It, it's a great game. Definitely. Uh, it's probably in my top twenty for sure. Uh, I'll have to. I'll definitely have to check that one out. Uh, next up, we have Mario Odyssey. Which uh, Oren, I know you played a lot of this. It's. I did. It was great. I loved it. Better than Breath of the Wild. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I just, I just uh, make Kevin feel bad. Was I the only I'm one sorry. who played it? Yeah, you're the only one who played it. Okay, I talked oh. about it a lot too, so I don't need to go in depth on on it. I think it's the best 3D platformer. Oh, oh wait, um, no, I did play Mario Odyssey. It was good. I liked it. I'm serious. This is a serious <laughs> face. I played okay. a little bit, and I liked it. I actually kind of hate 3D platformers, and I was having a lot of fun playing it. I only played it for like two hours at your house, but uh, it, yeah, yeah. I, this this is one of the games on this list that I remember getting it. I remember g- getting the game, taking it out of the box, playing it, and I remember like the first four hours of playing it, like very vividly. It was that strong of an experience to me. Like I very remember. Like I remember this. Like it's just very like it's beautiful music, beautiful aesthetic, masterclass, world design, level design, gameplay. All everything is all top level. It's like the you know pinnacle of nintendo kind of stuff you know super mario world level like that kind of stuff it's very 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 well made game um mm-hmm. and it's it's just really it's you can play it even in co-op it's just fun it's, it's super mario yeah. odyssey i mean i don't know what do you want me to say yeah. it's great it's, it's a love uh, yeah i think what i would add to that is with mario odyssey because i actually played through it and uh the thing that's great about it is there's so many moments in that game where, where you'll see something and be like, what if I tried this? You just kind of entertain your curiosity and then you're rewarded with a star or something. Mm-hmm. It's Moon. so good at that where you're like, what if I, what if I just kind of like ran around this like flower field for a little bit and just see what happens. And then like a star plot pops up. It, it, it's just, it's amazing in terms of just kind of following your curiosity like that. Mm. Definitely. It's definitely like a don't miss game. Like if you want to switch buy that game. Don't, don't miss that game no. great game well that is that takes us about halfway through 2017 and Yay. about halfway through our list so we're going to take a break here and we're going to be back next week no comment with the the other 25 30 games that we've got for games of the gen what do you guys think Woo-hoo. god of war game of the gen yeah that's my game of the gen Dad, dads forever. Tired. All dads. Hashtag dads matter. All right, that's that is definitely getting edited out. Uh, <laughs> Madden, as always, we love you. Thank you so much for your killer track that you gave us. Um, and we'll be back in a week. Everybody, stay safe and enjoy Cyberpunk. Bye.